gets you. Hello, welcome to today's episode, Juicing the Numbers, Your Statistics and Sports Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Retracy. I'm not. I'm Corey Miller. That's right, folks. That's right. Um, Welcome to the Thursday episode of the show. Um, And it seems as though we talked about it every episode as of late, but there continues to be rapid developments. Um in it so we're talking once again at the top about sticky stuff um the sticky situation which is the main turn of phrase i think everyone is defaulting to in the mlb uh corwin heller you raised your hand uh i was gonna make a joke about the sticky stuff being the command but i just washed my hands so we're good fair enough um it's gross so it's- I wanted to say anything, but you called me out and raising my hand. So here we are. I did. I did. I wasn't going to let that slide um, yeah. as a good co-host would do for you. But oh, well. Um, so since we uh, at the last time we recorded, we talked about how uh, there was going to be um, MLB was planning on instituting a 10 game suspension for players who got caught using sticky stuff, uh, which would be happening after they left a game. Um, so, you know, after your starter gets pulled or after you switch relievers, that starter slash reliever would turn over a ball or a hat or a belt or whatever paraphernalia slash clothing item the ump thought that the player might have applied some foreign substance to be tested after the fact. Um, if it came back with something, then that player would get then achieve a 10 game suspension. One of the things that we did not mention that I found out after the episode is that 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 player who was suspended would not get the opportunity to be replaced on the 40 uh, man roster, which so is it, a wild addition to not realize. Yeah. Well, I mean, the MLB did so much so fast and none of which was appropriate, but anyway, um, as someone who wants them to ban sticky stuff more, at least more harshly, I still think this is not the way you do it, but regardless. Um, yeah, it makes it more interesting because then you can't just call up a young guy and be like, hey, use the sticky stuff and then be sent back down. Because then if you do that, you basically are burning a roster spot. You know, because you can't send him down until after the suspension. Mm-hmm. So I also saw a pretty cool tweet saying, uh, hey, if you're a you know, triple A player, you get called up as, you know, an inju- injury replacement. You don't, you know, honestly believe you're going to stick around for a while. Go out there with a big old glob of spider tack on your hand and don't hide it. Get caught and boom. 10 days with uh, MLB pay right there. Yeah. And that's actually another story that's going on that uh, I think is probably what you and I were both thinking of that we couldn't remember when we were trying to go over topics for the beginning of the, uh, at the beginning of the show, um, which is that uh, the uh, one of the minor league affiliates of uh, the Baltimore Orioles is known cheaters, not known cheaters, but they're, not paying for lodging or at least they were not, I should say paying for lodging for their um, team during a homestand. And I had selected a hotel 
um, that the um, minor leaguers would have to fork over approximately 80% of their pay in order to stay in. It's by the way, the team is the Bowie Bay Sox. Um, they are the double A affiliate of the Orioles. Members of the Bay Sox were receiving $900 post tax for an entire two week homestand, which means they were being paid $450 per week. Um, and that they were on their own for housing. And the uh, hotel of choice, the team hotel, was 80% of their paycheck with a large, large, large number of the members of the organization contemplating just sleeping in their cars um, so that they could have money to eat and function as people instead of spending 80% of their paycheck on housing for two weeks. Um, Since then, so that was June 15th, that story came out. so then later that day slash early this morning, um, the Bowie Bay Sox found different hotel rooms to accommodate the players that would only cost 40% of their entire two weeks pay. Um, and that players were opting to go with that because then they could have an actual roof over their heads instead of a um, car roof um, and, you know, beds instead of reclined car seats. But Wow, is that not a choice that a player should have to make? Um, or a human being that, like, well, in, in general, end sentence, but also one that works for um, a company that is affiliated with, with, you know, a multi-billion dollar organization like the Baltimore Orioles, or at least $100 million cor- corporation. Um, man. Yeah, I really just don't understand why we are still at a point where we can't pay not like not even the argument of paying them their market share like their market rate for what they should be paid not even a livable wage we're not even at that point right now but paying for them to sleep in a goddamn hotel that they have to sleep in like it's a homestand okay like if you want if you know if you want your guys to all stay at a hotel that's fine you know they all live relatively nearby, but if you want them in the hotel for, you know, the scheduling, you know, to treat it like it is, you know, the big league team, treat it like they're big league ball players, like the professional baseball players they are, and fucking pay for the hotel rooms. I, I, I mean, don't we, understand we see... why this is still such a major goddamn problem. We see regular upper class people not regular like middle class people regular upper class people buy swaths of homes and properties to list on airbnb and i understand that they then make money off of that as a business but they still have the capital and the wherewithal and the means the resources to buy up all those properties that can house people just just people just just wealthy individuals you're going to tell me that an entire organization with the cash swaying ability of the Baltimore Orioles can't also do that and then give that housing to the players, even if it's just for like the actual season and then not the off season, they're telling me you can't do that for the four to six months that the MLB, the minor league season is when like, 
a regular guy, a reg, a regular wealthy person, you know, um, can do that on their own. It just doesn't, it just, it's, 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 it's like below slumlording because you're not even at least giving the property they can sleep in. Right. Like, I, I don't remember what the specific number was that we came up with for how much it would cost to pay these minor leaguers a livable wage and cover these expenses. Oh, it was actually like, oh man, two to $6 million a year. Yeah, it was very, it was, very little. It was a very low level free agent signing that is not going to affect their you know revenue stream. It's not going to affect their profit margin in any significant way. You know, whatever excuse they come up with, if your MLB franchise is only making like $5 million in profit every year, you should not be running that MLB franchise because clearly you're doing something wrong. Oh, man. So uh, that wasn't what we were planning on talking about, but quick shout out to that story. And uh, also quick shout out to um, the advocates for minor leaguers, um, which is a group that uh, we actually haven't mentioned before, but I go to them frequently for articles and information. Check them out. You can donate to them. It's a good cause. Um, so there's that. So shout out to that story. Shout out to them. Um, anyway, we were talking about sticky stuff. So I guess to just loop back over to that, um, in the past three, four days, three days since we last recorded, um, the story has developed further with Tyler glass now potentially needing Tommy John surgery. They're going to try to rehab him first. Um, but there's a chance that if that rehab doesn't go well, he's facing Tommy John surgery. Um, and that is in his mind. And as he expressed, I think rather well, and with some level of fury uh, due to MLB's sudden pivot on uh, the use of foreign substances. Um, we'll start with him. A couple other players have lashed out also recently, Carlos Rodon, well, I don't think anyone was expecting to say anything because why would you expect any individual person to say something? Uh, said something. And then Trevor Bauer, who I think everyone expected to say something, um, said something. But let's start with Tyler Glass now. So the gist of what he had said was, I've already thrown 80 innings of baseball this season under the guise that I could use the sicky stuff to help me. And the way it helped me was and I, I brought a baseball over. So if you're not watching this, it might not be as useful, but I'm going to use my baseball prop. Um, and he didn't have a baseball in his hand, but I'm gonna, just going to try to use it as a visual. Um, the way it helped him was it allowed him to hold the baseball more gently and a little bit farther up away from his palm so that he could really leverage his gigantic hands and his fingers in order to get extra spin on the ball as it went through. And he was talking about his curveball. Right. So as it's coming around, you can hold it a little bit farther away from the palm of his hand. I have a little gap here to then snap it down and really use the, the strength of his grip, his fingers, and for him, the length of his fingers to achieve extra spin. And he was able to do that without holding the ball super tightly because of the, uh, I think he just said it was sunscreen and rosin, which is common. Um, but that was it. So it wasn't much strain. What he had to do when he tried to go cold turkey on it was he had to grip the ball even tighter against his palm. So before I was holding it with a little bit of room in between, 
he said he was having to really palm around it and squeeze a lot harder than what he was doing because now he has to try to replace the grip strength of sticky stuff with the grip strength of his actual strength. And that put extra pressure on his UCL, which he says once his release came through, the extra pressure was causing an additional, well, one strain. And then the sudden sudden shift from strained to complete relaxation that comes when after you throw the ball, it was leading to just a lot of like excess wear on the UCL in the two starts that he had. Uh, this The second one being against the, I think it was the Nationals he was saying. I, f- I forget the Tampa Bay schedule. Nationals was the first game. It was the first I don't game. I remember the, who the second one was. Yeah, then whoever the second one was. Um, yeah, he ultimately had to get pulled out of that game uh, because eventually it just kind of got to him, um, which is a very interesting point and a very interesting side effect that, I mean, I didn't consider. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a little bit slightly smaller than a baseball, but relatively, you know, in the ballpark baseball pun and Tyler glass now and I have relatively similar. Like, I think my hands might be a little bit bigger, but by all means we're in the ballpark. As a um, reminder, Corwin Heller is six, eight. So yeah, not a glass huge stretch short fuck at six, four. So, you know, is he only six, four? He looks gigantic. I think he's six, four. If you want to double check. Yeah. That, yeah, but yeah, you, you yeah. So it basically went from the tips of his fingers where he was holding onto the laces here to like Josh was saying, he basically had it in, you know, the crook of his hand. He is 6'8". Is he really? You are no, the same height. Him. And it was just the forearm muscles here that he was straining, which led to that putting more pressure on. I feel like I should not be using the mic like this, but on the UCL, which is right, right in there. Baseball. And part of his frustration is... I, and again, this is a very interesting thing I didn't have to consider, but it makes complete sense when he kind of lays it out, is he had already pitched 80 innings like this, with the ball not flush against his palm, not having to squeeze the ever-loving shit out of it. He described it holding it like an egg, which is mm-hmm. a, a good comparison um, from my very limited understanding of how tightly you're supposed to be gripping balls. I do hold a lot of eggs, though, um, so. Yes, yeah. Um, and if he had the information going into the season, you'd get the chance to pitch the entire um, spring training session as well as those 80 innings of MLB ball, getting more accustomed to however your grip needs to be in order to achieve the spin that you need or that you're used to, or to execute however that execution looks like to you. And so to not have that at the outset meant that he was basically going, imagine it like he had no ramp up period to throwing at all. And then he had to throw two starts. That is the general idea of what he's describing. No one would do that. That you wouldn't be, you literally wouldn't be allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to go through some level of, if not rehab from coming back from an injury, then uh, ramp up at the beginning of a season in order to get game ready. And he's he went cold turkey on the sticky stuff, and that's what he's describing his um his injury to, which again could shut him down for up to two years, which is horrible. 
he says he's going to not get surgery and he's hoping that it should be healed by the playoffs naturally. If he does get Tommy John, that could be up to two years, especially if he waits until after the season rather than getting it now. Um, but I don't think we are, I don't, I don't think either of us have any, you know, kind of false hope that we're not going to see more of this over the coming weeks as the MLB ramps up towards actually in the next five days before um, this ban puts in place uh, on the 21st guys are going to get hurt all over. And it's, it's going to be a wave of players in my mind because I don't think it stops at Tyler glass. Now I think everyone's going to have to throw harder. I think everyone's going to have to grip harder. I think everyone's going to have to, strain themselves in ways that they haven't been all season long because there's going to be this massive drop off in grip, massive drop off in control. It's not just, you know, spider attack, which we can get into in a bit. It's not just, you know, this, you know, special stuff that is concocted all over the league. They're banning bullfrog. They're banning, you know, sunscreen mixed with rosin. The only thing that's now allowed is rosin. Um, and they're putting tight controls on when players are allowed to even use sunscreen, and they are going to treat sunscreen mixed with rosin as a uh, foreign substance, the, an illegal substance, even though it's widely considered as the most accepted and most you know widely used mixture um, across the league. Uh, yeah, just to add on to that, their stance on sunscreen is that part of their uh, issued guidance to players, whether that has already gone out or is set to go out, I kind of for, forget, pardon, uh, is that they are suggesting, as of now it stands as a suggestion, which uh, given MLB's track record, you should just take as either um, gospel or fully ignore yeah. until it has severe consequences, which will probably have consequences. Um, but their suggestion is to not use sunscreen during night games and to not use sunscreen during indoor games. So if you play in um, Seattle on a rainy day, which it's Seattle, there are lots of rainy days, and they close the top of the stadium, um, in MLB's mind, there's no reason to use sunscreen. How much that makes sense, I don't know. On the surface, that doesn't seem unreasonable, but I also don't really know what the effects of not wearing sunscreen um, is if... I don't know. I don't know how much time the players spend outside and what the correct amount of sunscreen to wear is. I don't spend that much time outside. I'm an indoor the human. The answer is not um, none. And I think right. that's kind of where they're going to run into issues where these guys spend 162 days throughout the summer outside in the sun and they kind of need to wear sunscreen. Well, I also know, think it's not I, I, cancer. I also want to say it is funny to say don't wear sunscreen during night games as if this is not a summer sport and the sun doesn't set till like 8 39 o'clock at night and everyone's night game starts at 7 p.m. So are you supposed to like go shower it off <laughs> halfway through the game? Yeah, like, hey, 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 sun went down. Big man, big man. You got to go. You got to go rinse that shit off in the chemical showers. No, 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 no. Ain't, ain't slipping one past old Joe West here. I mean, it's it's one of those things where MLB easily could have just kind of moved the goal line to just be, you get sunscreen, you get rosin, that's it. Anything else at all on the ball, on your, you know, on your person, 
on any part of your uniform or equipment, boom, you're done. Ten game suspension, you know, removed from the game, all that. How the fuck are you gonna like? They made it exponentially harder for this to be enforced because it's now something that every player uses, and there's no excuse to. Well, there are many excuses for why you would be wearing such a thing. Right. And we we've talked about it every single time this has come up. There's a we both feel as though the sunscreen and rosin thing is probably one fine and two so impossible to enforce. You might as well just let that one go um, and then just call that fine or whatever. And then just focus your attention on banning other stuff, because if you're sending the shit to like labs and shit to get analyze them they're going to be able to i would imagine tell you what is sunscreen and what is not sunscreen i can't imagine that um you know spf 50 and spider tack overlap very much um but regardless i my conspiracy theory and it's hard pressed to call it a conspiracy theory when it's mlb and they are full of monster people um my conspiracy theory is that mlb is gearing up for the next cba and they are forcing players to take the position of defending cheating in air quotes by being as unreasonable as possible about this because for the public eye angle, which we saw MLB tried to use in just last season, just in 2020 over um, prorating salaries, right? There was a, we, that shit got dragged out for literally months because MLB kept trying to use its media sway to form public opinions, bashing players about being greedy or whatever um, for not taking a 70% pay cut in addition, or sorry, 30% pay cut in addition to the prorating of salaries. Um, and the players obviously disagreed and it works with some, a, a certain type of people. And we all know who, uh, because they go, ah, that guy's getting paid $36 million a year. You should be grateful. I play this game for free. Um, and then they pushed up their Oakleys on their face and went to the golf course, um, which I know is a little bit too relatable for the people on this Zoom call. But anyway. Golfing with a guy like that on Saturday. Ooh. Uh, good luck. Yeah. But anyway, it, it's an effective thing in certain circles and i wouldn't be surprised if we rolled into the next cba and mlb try to use some media way to be like they just want to cheat we're not gonna let that happen in our good mlb and the players were like no we're we want to wear sunscreen <laughs> let us wear sunscreen but we all know at that point will get lost on certain people so that's my that's my conspiracy theory uh do you think this was done as a racist act to give an advantage to white players because they have to wear sunscreen more than uh, darker skin players so that they will have an excuse to mix their sunscreen and rosin and give them a performance boost on the mound. No. And all of my dark skin compatriots should all be wearing sunscreen because your skin gets affected by it in different ways, but still end result the same way as, as light-skinned people and white people. Black people have the highest rate of death for skin cancer because it takes much, it's much, much harder to find melanoma on darker skin that still gets affected by sun. The highest mortality rate 
for skin cancer is amongst the black population because they get told by white people they shouldn't wear they don't need to wear sunscreen just because they don't burn but they still end up getting skin cancer because the sun can still be harmful to you even if your skin isn't burning i just learned something new today and i apologize very important oh yeah but uh, yeah i also wouldn't be surprised if mlb is dumb and thought that racist yeah Yeah. Yeah. would have thought and, you know, it's so annoying because I think there's a certain segment of fans like myself that is probably pro ban most substances. And this is just the worst way of doing it. I, I mean, cause, I mean God, the middle, the, I think they think that this is as easy. Either, either they, they're going with conspiracy theory A that I presented previously, or they think it's as easy as when they tweak the ball around and they, they can just like sneak it in before the um, all-star game, like they did with the juiced balls in 2017. Did you hear the story how they, that all of that came about because they just fucked up making it and it was out of incompetence and not trying to make a, a, you know, actual change to, you know, offensive numbers. And they just went with that because they would rather go with you know the story of mlb trying to affect baseball rather than mlb's fucking stupid and then by the end of 2019 they kind of were running out of the new balls so they mixed in balls from 2018 so that's why in the playoffs there were such a wide you know difference between certain games definitely john boy podcast i think um i i've i've heard many different excuses for it and i refuse to believe anything but will ascribe blame to MLB for all of it nonetheless like I don't care if you're saying it's because of manufacturer error with quality control issue or if um, someone said it's because you forcibly issued a dictation saying that this has to be the way it is end result is you should have been the one to do something about it or notice it or be better than you currently are as an organization and uh, fuck yourself. That's my stance. Uh, all of MLB, fuck yourself. Uh, concur. I feel like I should be preparing for the next segment we're doing. I will also say, though... Anecdotally, it certainly seems as though the ball is running more because Brett Gardner has hit like two home runs in the last like week or two, and um, it's very suspect. Brandon Crawford, guess how many home runs Brandon Crawford has so far this season? Okay, so the MLB most I think is twenty-one for Vladdy. Are that a twenty? So it's got to be, it's got to be lower teens. So I'll I'll say fourteen. Um, Brandon Crawford. Actually, let me pull up his stats so I can see what his baseline is previously. Um, but he is by no means a power hitter. I mean, he's a defensive first shortstop, kind of a, a slap hitter. Um, the previous five seasons, excluding the short and 2020 season, um, playing no less than 144 games were 11, 14, 14, 12. Jesus. 2015, uh, his first year as an all-star, he hit 21 in 143 games with a 782 OPS that year. 
Um, this year he has a 876 OPS, and in 59 games he has 15 home runs. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, well, the um, Giants. He's 34 years old. <laughs> the uh, the Giants, as an organization, have the. Um... Hold on, I just lost it. Where was I? Hold on, I promise I had a point here. Um, fuck me. Hold on a second. Where'd it go? I can, but I want ah. to choose not to. Yeah, they have a, an expected slugging of 429 and an ex Woba of 325 and an ex Wobacon of 395. That ex Wobacon is uh, sixth in all of MLB. Um, and they're expected slugging actually it's not as high as oh wait i'm sorting by low damn you stat cast you're very weird um so that's woba sorry that x slugging is top 10 in baseball as is that x woba with that x wobacon top six pretty pretty fucking nice especially coming from an organization that typically does not hit a lot does not hit for power very much um oracle Park, I think is what it is now, is not known for being a BAM box. So, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. I wonder if they have very, a new very, humidor up there. Interesting. Um, tough to say. But, yeah. So, anyway, to keep quoting players, so that's the status with Tyler Glass now. Obviously, he's out, and that sucks because he was having a wonderful season. And, you know, obviously, Yankees fan, even though I'm currently wearing my throwback Ricky Henderson jersey um I uh Yankees fan do not want the Rays to ever win games but it, you know same time it's no one should get hurt that's the worst way to have anything happen um and it's a shame to see especially a guy like Glass now who seems like by all accounts a very good guy in addition to being um a phenomenal player to see him get hurt so hoping to speed a recovery I'm into that uh, now let's take on over to Carlos Rodon. Next two guys we're going to talk about. I just want to talk about very briefly since they said something. Why not talk about it? Um, basically, Carlos Rodon's um, sound bite that I think everyone's running with is uh, it's hard to see this when you're giving out 10 game suspensions for cheating, but you give the Astros no suspensions at all. And we have talked about the Astros situation ad nauseum. It's not really worth talking about them too much with this. It's we, it's been discussed to death, um, especially because since it came out during an off season, and that meant that every baseball writer in the world was like, "Oh my god, something to talk about," um, which I do not blame them for. But that also meant we got inundated with severely more articles than I think we would have if it came out in like June. But anyway. Um, yeah, he's right. And this is kind of a point that everyone had brought up during the Astros scandal, which is there's nothing in here to tell players don't do that. And then there's nothing in here to establish a precedent that when a player does do something that is cheating in a form that does not typically get punished, like stealing signs in this manner, or using foreign substances in this manner, it's going to be a lot harder to justify your punishment when you did not do anything so uh what do you think about this overall sentiment 
Not something we just spend a lot of time on. Uh, I, I'm with them. I mean, I haven't seen any bad takes that I've really disagreed with in any way. Um, I mean, I think we're both very much not a fan of MLB's track record in the past with suspensions, you know. We've talked so much about the Astros and Joe Kelly and everything that's kind of come from that. Um, and the fact that it isn't something that's consistent drives me nuts, just like it's driving, you know, Rodon, whatever, uh, nuts. Um, I do agree with the 10 game suspensions. I do agree with the suspensions for players that are caught with foreign substances at this point moving forward. Um, and I think it's, we're at a point where we can't ever expect anything else to happen for the Astros. You know, that ship has sailed. It's over. There's nothing we're going to do about it. Um, so as much as I am angry that the Astros didn't get anything that was really considered a worthwhile punishment, um, I don't think we should lessen the impact of the future suspensions for cheating. Uh, just because they got let off the hook. You don't fix a mistake with an, or you don't fix, um, you know, a mistake with another mistake, I guess. I'll go with that. Right. I, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I agree with all of your sentiments. It is um, going to be, it's, I think it's less interesting of a point as for, for discussion purposes in mediums like this on podcasts and in like blogs and papers and whatever. And it'll be more so interesting to see it as a discussion point in CBA negotiations. Um, I think that's where that impact will be seen more because right now, if you're complaining about cheating, which I am in certain contexts, um, as I think everyone does in certain contexts, you're largely screaming into the void because MLB has shown that their general attitude is fuck you. Give me your money. Um, and we as baseball fans go, yeah, all right. Uh, because God damn it, we can't quit you. And the context of a CBA negotiation, I'm not quite sure what it would hundred percent look like, you know, what that conversation in particular would be, but I would imagine that the players association might go in there and say, you can't forcibly litigate certain things that you call cheating when you didn't properly handle something that was irrevocably cheating in a different context. And that there could be some level of discourse around corrective punishments to scale in line with what MLB has done. And mm -hmm. I think that might be where it, we see it. And would again, would be way more interesting than us just talking about, do they deserve it? Um, because who gives a shit? It doesn't really matter. Um, but we won't find that out until shit done. Stark gets negotiating. So those start. Um, you know, I don't actually know when like the negotiating window opens. Um, the next CBA. 
Okay, hold on. Players Union meets for first CBA talks is an article from um, April 20th of 2021. So I do believe it expires after this season. And I guess the players have already started talking about their demands and interests going forward. So I'd imagine it'll be an off-season conversation. I would... Do you think it'll be before or after the winter meetings? I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. So it's one of those things that you and I have been alive for many versions of CBAs, but I don't think either of us have paid stringent attention to the CBAs. I've never once paid attention to baseball CBA before, so I have no idea how it would work. I haven't paid attention to fucking footballs or hockeys or any of them until like three years ago well is when i started like learning really what they were um i know we've talked about this before do you still see a uh a lockout uh i hope so i actually am genuinely hoping for a lockout because otherwise we won't get progress yeah and i think that there's a lot of things that the players union could do if they were to go full bore and make a real ass of themselves in uh, the best Mm -hmm. way, you know, and it's not just the more um, surface level stuff. Like, do we use spider tack or not or whatever? Cause at the end of the day, I mean, most of us fans won't really realize it. So it doesn't matter too much. Um, But they have the ability to affect real change, which is to say they could do something for the minor leagues. Um, and they could make more of a cultural impact depending on if the players Alliance gets more sway with how to properly engage in community activism, um, in the towns that MLB has, um, roots in as well as towns that are, uh, I guess, kind of in the, like the district, so to speak of, um, MLB teams and there's a lot that could I think be accomplished within a CBA that is off the field that is very important um, that I would very much hope MLB makes an issue out of or the players make an issue out of uh, especially the minor league stuff I think that one's literally criminal but yeah also fuck Robert Manfred I want this to be dragged out so long the owners say wow how did we not realize you were a bum get the fuck out of here Rob yeah, I'm, I'm really rooting for this lockout. Yeah. Um, yeah. In other news, the Padres just got soaked by the Rockies. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're marching right towards Rocktober, man. They're, if the Rockies catch a hot streak, MLB, look out. I'm just kidding, folks. The Rockies yeah. are... Uh, 15 and a half games back from the division. Hey, hey. speaking of NL West teams, Zach Gallen will be reinstated from the injured list tomorrow for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Whoop, whoop. Uh, they suck. Yeah, I guess the Diamondbacks are something that we can spend a little bit of time talking about. They just lost uh, 21 straight away games, which is a record. And uh, say that in past tense, it's still an active streak. You're right. It is still an active streak. They are currently 20 and 48, which means they have lost more consecutive road games 
this year than they've won games this year. Not consecutive games, not home games, not road games, games, just games. They've lost 21 consecutive road games. They've only won 20. You know what, what one of the craziest parts about this Diamondbacks team is? May well, I share? Yeah. I believe they were 15 and 13 to start the season. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for now. And then I'm they went 5 out. and 35. Five wins to 35 losses. Now, granted, last recording session, we may mention the fact that their entire starting rotation was hurt. Um, so obviously you're going to lose a lot of games when that happens to you, because how could you not? But wow. They started on April 30th by the end of April. Well, I should say going into the second month of the season, they were 14 and 12. Yeah. I remember them being, you know, off to a weirdly good looking start. Um, like literally the last road game that they won, if I recall correctly, was Madison Bumgarner's seven inning no hitter, and then yeah. they have not won another road game since then. Since the start of May, they have gone six and thirty six. Can you do that math for what that winning percentage is? What's six divided by forty? Well, if they went six and thirty six, isn't six just one sixth of thirty six? Well, right? no, because it's. Six and thirty-six. So they played oh, six 40 and games. thirty-six. Oh, oh sorry, my bad. Games, sorry. Yeah, so that's a fourteen point three win percent. Wow. Fourteen. Was that by forty or by forty-two? Forty-two. So I did the first math. Yeah, okay. Good. 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 Yeah. That's really fucking bad. What's the worst losing percentage in baseball history? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, it's gotta be that like Mets team, right? In MLB history. That's a very high result. Um, the 1899 Cleveland Spiders went 20 and 134. Uh, that's right. That is a 14.9 win percent, by the way, which is uh, actually better than six for six that's and 40, six for 42. That's a one. Oh, I did. Hold percentage. on. Sorry. I, I, yeah, I did it. I did it again. I did um, not add in the 20. In the modern era, yeah, 129. the 1916 12. Philadelphia right. Athletics went 36 and 117 for a 235 win percentage. Since the turn of the century, the 2003 Detroit Tigers went no Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers went 43 and 119 for a 265 win percentage. There's Shit a lot of Philadelphia teams on here. Yeah, well, the many decades. Yeah, the 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 Phillies, or the Philadelphia teams have uh, often been bad. Um, anywho, so yeah, the Diamondbacks are trash. The jerseys are great, so that's nice. Um, we well, talked about this last game. week, um, but or I guess on Monday. Yeah, I I also. Will say though, if there's a time to be this tragically bad, they've um, they've done well for themselves because they had no shot coming anywhere close to that division. Um, not even the division, that second wild card. They're already twenty two and a half games back. No, I mean even if they were playing top level ball, you know what I mean? Like even mm. if they were playing really solid baseball for however well that team is constructed. 
I mean, in in a year where in a division where you have to play the Dodgers and the Padres, and those two teams are playoff bound, um, and with the Giants showing up this year in force, which they 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 had some they had some runs last season, but they didn't really pull it together all the way. Um, but this year they very much so did. Um, the Diamondbacks, I, I mean, they were, they they never had a shot. And so if you are, uh, if you're going to have a year where you really truly suck dong and, uh, have to tank to get Jack lighter. This oh. is a pretty good year to do it. Oh, no, 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 no. The oh, no, Pirates no, already the Pirates have the Jack first That's right. They get whoever comes up first next year. My bad. Um, but regardless, still same effect. So here's, here's some fun stats for you. Just, I found some some numbers here. So they had a, a 538 win percentage in April. They had a 172 win percentage in May. They have a 0.077 winning percentage so far in June. They are 1 and 12. Also, really, just they there's two opponents that they have a winning record against so far this year. That's funny. Do you want to take a guess at who those two are? Um, the Padres. No. Okay. You dick. Well, they just swept them, so I was wondering if they like only played two series and they took like, the one Rockies. game. This is Arizona. Oh, that is the, sorry, that is the Rockies. Um, They're two and four against the Padres. Better than I right. want. Mm. For their fifth best team record against the Mets. No, they're one in five against the Mets. All right, I don't know that. They are two and one against the Atlanta Braves. Oh, well, the Braves. Which three games, small sample size. They are five and one against the Cincinnati Reds. Oh my God, that is that just doesn't make any sense. How that's possible? Yeah, the Reds are actually halfway decent this season. 34 they've beat, 31 they've it's a winning record with a 47 to 29 uh run differential wow that is not good um that's, that's crazy yeah so some more some more numbers on on the um zona diamondbacks let's let's look at our, our friends x wobacon once again and as a reminder for what is x wobacon it's it's weighted on it's, it's expected weighted on base average on contact well, ultimately- so only ever hear it called X Woba. No, no, there's there's X Woba and there's also X Woba Con. I thought you were just t- being an asshole. No, no, those those are two different stats, my friend. Um... Corwin flexing the lack of knowledge today. Um, <laughs> it was so bad he turned off his video. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna head out. <laughs> um, yeah. So X Woba is expected weighted on base which um, takes in just all of like your actual stats, you know, like slugging and um, on base and batting average and puts it into um, an ex- expected version of your weighted on base. Xwobacon uh, then incorporates um, like launch angle and um, exit velocity and like hit direction and stuff like that. That's what the con part is. The con part is contact. Um, so the worst team X Wobacons from hitting are, oh, I'm looking at pitching. 
I was wondering why the, the good numbers were uh, upside down. Pirates have the worst ex-Wobicon in baseball, 344. That's very bad. Um, for reference, the best team in baseball for this statistic is the Twins at 416. So the Pirates, a solid 70 points below that. Second worst team is the Diamondbacks. And then the third worst team is the Orioles. Diamondbacks sitting at 353 and the Orioles at 361, if you was curious. So that's obviously bad. The Twins are are, are not looking shabby in that – are not looking great in that uh, – are, look, are looking good in that category. So obviously the Twins are still hitting well. Um, we'll look at the pitching in a second. But Diamondbacks looking bad. Pirates looking bad. Orioles looking bad. Um, let's pivot on over to look at the pitching to see where they land. Now that here comes the twins with the worst X pitching X Wobicon in all of baseball at 417. So they have the best hitting X Wobicon at 416 and the worst pitching X Wobicon at 417, which is hilarious. So, anyway, if you're wondering where the twins struggles and lie, that's that's it right there. Um, second worst X Wobicon in, in uh baseball for pitching. The Royals, 408, and then the Orioles at 406, and then there's our Diamondbacks at 403. So they are second worst ex Wobicon as batters and fourth worst ex Wobicon as pitchers. That is going to lose you a lot of games. Now, it's obviously impressive that the Orioles are not doing worse since they are the third worst hitting team by this metric and third worst pitching team by this metric. And yet only um, actually, no, they've only won two more games than the diamondbacks. That is truly sad. Um, but yeah, when you, uh, when you got a little bit less red meat to chew on there um, since the uh, AL East has actually been uh, relatively relative to the NL West, worse um yeah the, the they also get a dh well no i'm I, I mean in terms of competition the diamondbacks have have less opportunity to sneak wins from their own division because yeah. their division's so fucking top heavy good whereas the al east has actually had some pretty shit runs recently and the orals have had more opportunity to collect at least i guess two paltry wins but wow yeah the diamondbacks my friend are Bad, 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 bad. Anyway, while I'm also been navigating uh, baseball reference, I remembered another thing that we had forgotten to mention at the top of the show. I wanted to shout out, and that is that baseball reference announced a few mm. months ago that they were going to add in um, or drastically expand. They were going to work towards um, expanding their coverage of Negro League statistics and um, put them in a uh, – uh, collect more data and present it in a, in a better way on the website to try to bring more attention to it, especially since it followed MLB announcing that they were going to recognize the Negro Leagues as an official league as, – as sorry, as a major league, and they did. And if you were to go to, let's say, um, Josh Gibson's um, baseball reference page – Previous to this update, it would only show um, his. Uh, so the way baseball reference works is no one ever uses the website. There's um, underneath the player picture. There's a box that says overview. 
which for a major league pitcher, so actually I'll, you know what, I'll pick a player who, who did actually get the opportunity to play in the majors. I'll pick Satchel Paige. Um, so Satchel Paige's overview page would only show his final um, five, six seasons in MLB from his age 41 to 58 years. Um, and that would be it. If you wanted to find his Negro League stats, you'd have to go to the tab right next to the Satchel Page overview button, which would be, which used to say Negro Leagues and Minor League stats. Um, now, when you go to Satchel Page's actual page, it shows his entire, what we have of his Negro League stats right there, leading directly into his MLB stats. Additionally, um, any awards that the players received in acknowledgement during their Negro League careers also got added to the awards and recognitions section in the top right-hand corner of the website. So Satchel Page, who had gotten two all-star nods in his MLB career in 1952 and 1953 as a member of the St. Louis Browns, um, it now says that he was an eight-time all-star because he had also received six all-star um appearance also selections during his Negro league career that are now recognized alongside his MLB all-star um, considerations. Since once again, MLB recognized officially Negro leagues as a major league um, and baseball reference is following suit with that in the data presentation on their website. Um, and it is just a very cool thing to have happen. It happened on Bob Kendrick's birthday, which I think is poetic as all hell. Bob Kendrick, once again, um, the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City. Check it out. I've been. It's wonderful. You will love it if you get the opportunity to go. I made it, and I, that was the point of my trip, and it was worth the trip. Um, so very cool shit to see. I think this will be a very good educational tool for people who are getting into baseball stats and, like, you know, hear about some guys and end up getting the chance to kind of go see. Because, you know, especially, like, if you pick – like, let's – uh. Let's look up a guy that gets looked up very often. Let's look up Hank Aaron, Henry Aaron. So now, oh, damn it. So they don't have his Indianapolis clown stats there. All right, so let's go to Jackie Robinson then. Let's go to Jackie Robinson. So now when you go to Jackie Robinson's page, even though he only played one season with the Kansas City Monarchs, it is now the first column, the first uh, row on his baseball reference stats page is his Kansas City Monarchs season. And – if we've learned anything as baseball nerds about being on baseball reference is that if you see blue links, you will be curious as to where they take you and you will fall down a rabbit hole of information. And there could be someone else's introduction into other players that played on those teams um, and their impact on the game. And it's nothing but a good thing. Gorman, are you still there? Yeah, Yeah, I'm still here. I also hope that this project um, leads to more Negro League players getting into the Hall of Fame. That'd be pretty cool to see. I I really think that this might... Because we talked about this back in February with um, Keith McPherson about how there hasn't been Negro League players inducted into the Hall of Fame since I think 2006 was the last year. Um, they inducted anybody and you know this project really might be useful as a as a visual 
um, as a just a little reminder that there are a lot of players that didn't get their due. Um, that even though they might not have played 10 seasons, which is a privilege, I, I, additionally, um, they played the games that they were able to play and they played them very, very well. And they helped grow the game in their own way. And they were stars in their own time, in their own, in their own um, areas, I guess. And that deserves recognition in the hall of fame. So I, I hope we get some shit like that. It would be really cool to see more players um, get that recognition. Yeah. Wholeheartedly agree. Big hall. I want a big hall. Uh, 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 Trevor Bauer said stuff. We said we talk about it. Um, I, I care a lot less now that we talked about it a lot. Fair enough. Do you have anything to say? Basically, he said, um, uh, it's like he called for MLB to, to ban it forever. And he's like, no, that you guys are doing it. It's fucking lame, bitch. Um, and it's like, oh, oh, that's, that's real sad there, buddy. Um, the only thing that he did that I really care about this week was on air while being interviewed, just holding up a ball flat handed that just stuck to his hand because it had spider tack on it. No, that wasn't spider tack. That was rosin. Oh, was it? Yeah, that was his point. That was the point of his video is he um he just combined rosin with sweat. However, I think it's a little bit disingenuous because it's the whole surface of your hand. And we're talking mm. about fingertips, and mm. uh, I mean that it's it's literally incomparable when you're discussing that large difference in surface area. Yeah, so. and I mean, looking at videos and pictures of of how tactile uh, the spider tack that these guys are using actually is, I've never seen anything like it. It it honestly looked like taffy before it's like in like while it's being pulled but significantly more viscous less viscous more, more thick thick yeah it's wild to see i mean i saw a guy who like opened the top and then first off the top just like levitates because it's it's so dense and sticky and then he got the top off and then he just like touched one finger on it and then the whole tub just stuck to his finger and again the whole thing with surface area and weight like there's so much tension it that that is being um withstood by the spider which which did not like slowly sink down right it held its form and managed to maintain its grip to the finger just by like that being it like it's it's that's incredible Mm -hmm. um what's funny is when i looked up um what is spider attack? One of the first recommended Google results was how do I get spider attack off? Um, WD 40, apparently. Seriously? Uh, apparently. And that I don't let me know what I expected, but it's still really funny. Yeah, right. It's like I that makes sense, but I would have figured it was something more complicated. Yeah. Um, which actually led me to the to the you know joking thought of wow, well, what if MLB just like sprayed WD-40 in a bunch of baseballs. And then I thought to myself, what if MLB just stopped rubbing dirt on all the fucking balls? Um, well, the dirt is to make it more grit, like textured. 
Well, so that's what they say. But I believe it was part of what Glass now said, and I think I've heard other players say that the dust on the ball makes it harder to crimp, which also makes sense because it's not like they're getting like wet balls where like maybe you can get some more friction there. It's dried, it's dry mud, which is therefore dirt and dirt is not very adhesive. But there's such a small amount being used to get put on baseballs. I don't think it would, re- I don't know. I, I'm not an expert enough, but the articles I've read have really talked about how it's a very small amount of mud because of how slick they are straight from the factory. And it's always been something that's been done because for that exact reason. And I, first of all, I also don't really know anything about it, but I would be curious to see what it would be like if they just stopped. Obviously not like they're doing now. Whenever we say they should try something, no one ever means in the middle of a fucking season like they're doing right now. Um, But if it is a mild amount, because I think that's what a lot of players get at when they're talking about why they use like the sunscreen and rosin combo is it's like, I just needed to hold it marginally better than I was holding it before. And if not using the mud can provide some percentage of that marginal difference in grip, then maybe it is worth doing to cut down on the percentage of players who do use it. We're not talking about percents of percents of percents, but Hey, um, maybe that's something to try. Um, If anything, MLB could like cut its uh, supply chain down a little bit, save a little cash, a little cashola. Could help out with the uh, paying with the minor leaguers, you fucking dicks. But anyway, right. um, you, yeah. you kind of brought me in with that uh, that last part. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Is like yeah, saving money would be super cool, but you know that they would just do nothing with it. Uh, but uh, buy another yacht? I don't know. Whatever rich people do. Um. Shit. What else? Um. Uh, do you have anything else on? the Negro League's statistics being added into baseball reference. Love it, but I have nothing else really constructive to say. Have anything on uh, spider tack as a substance? I want to know more about it, but I don't want to spend $20 just for something to play with. And also, like, how long, wrong. how long does it last you? You know what I mean? Like, Supposedly, like, one tin to two tins would last you the entire season. Because that's what I would imagine. Like, like if it, was, if it was a severe amount of, like, a glob, you know, I feel like we'd see players struggling more to get excess off, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas we really just see, like, quick kind of, you know, like, sliding your fingers across, like, the sticky part of a surface. Um, and those tins, I mean, like, they hold enough. I, I can't imagine players need to get too too much but who the fuck knows um we covered a lot of ground so far we had one other thing but corwin uh just sent me a couple of uh tweeters uh do you want to talk about miguel and duhar's defense oh i i wasn't sending those as topics just as hey josh you should check out these tweets but we can bring them up and talk about them if you want uh sure so just because it's lighthearted, easy, and fun. Uh, Miguel and Duhar has been playing a lot of um, 
left field for the New York Yankees because um, there's no home for him at uh, third base because he's he's very ba- he's very bad at it. Um, and Geography Urshela is very good at it. His, his name is Giovanni Urshela, but I prefer to think of him as Geography Urshela. Okay. Um, every player deserves to have a terrible nickname administered by Josh, and uh, that's his. Um, anyway, Gio Urshela is a much better defender. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's an elite defender because numbers don't say that he is, and who am I to argue? Um, but he is, either way, a significantly better defender than Miguel Duhar is, and as of late, given uh, Miguel Duhar's uh, wild performances um, in terms of his production at the plate and his inability to stay on the field for large portions of the last couple seasons. Um, Gio Rochelle is also the better bat. But uh, it seems as though Miguel Duhar is having mixed success in the outfield um, as he currently is only negative uh, one outs above average, which is not bad. That's... Uh, that's totally fine, but it's kind of a fun way of getting there because apparently he is, uh, he's got a top notch reaction time. He's got a very good burst time. He's got a very good jump time and has, is in like the fifth to first to fifth percentile in route running. And wow, is that a wacky way to be mediocre on the base paths um, or on in, uh, in your outfield defense. And um, I, I, I don't know <laughs> what I prefer there. It, it, I mean, I guess it makes I sense. I, I would very much prefer this to the opposite because you can learn routes you can't well, learn burst you can't learn like the jump you i was gonna say and learn routes you know who the exact opposite player is in left field for the new york yankees Brett Gardner. clint frazier oh so miguel and duhar very good reaction speed very good burst speed very good jump speed horrible route running clint frazier this season horrible reaction time let's see let's get a percentile here do i I can't hover over and give you one, so I don't know. Hard, but it's it's dark blue, so that's not good. So horrible reaction time, horrible burst time, horrible jump time, um, but good route running. So basically, a ball gets hit in the air. He doesn't move very fast. He doesn't run very fast. <laughs> um, he He doesn't pick it up very quickly. But when eventually all those things happen, he knows where to go to get there. Um, and boy, and that's why you see him diving a lot. And Corbin and I, or at least, at least I made mention of it kind of, um, a few weeks ago about how he dives, boy, does he dive a whole lot when he just doesn't have to. Um, and that's why, because he picks the right route. Eventually it just, it just takes him a little bit to get there. Um, and because of all that, he has been worth negative three outs above average. So Miguel and Duhar has actually been outperforming him in defense for a guy who failed at third base and doesn't know how to run in the outfield, which is just astonishing. Yeah, that's fucking... I'm just glad he's back because Miguel and Duhar is fun, both for his offensive prowess and how much Yankee fans really just don't like him. Uh, it depends on who you are. Um, 
but if, if I'd be fine with him if he start, started walking more, which it actually looks like he slowly is, but uh, we need more sample size. Um, Young player getting better. Though, one other thing that Corwin did send me, which is that uh, Aralvin Chapman splitter is was down yesterday by 462 RPM, which um, that's a significant drop. So I guess it's relatively notable, but I will say people need to shut the fuck up about RPMs being down unless they're down by multiples of a hundred because I don't, Oh my God, just because someone's fast to put it in perspective, imagine you got paid $2,800 and the government took $70 from you. Do you give a shit? No, it's not much money out of $2,800, but if the government came along I said, I'm taking $500 from you. You might give a shit. You might be like, oh, all right. I felt I felt that. I felt that one. I mean, I still want that $70, but I do understand the sentiment you're trying to get across. You, you'd shrug a lot more at it. Like, if, if anyone, if my fellow... other than dollars, I would, I would be all on board with this. My fellow salaried employees, your benefits coming out of your paycheck when you look at your pay stub and then yeah, yeah all right yeah it is what it is it, it, it's usually somewhere between like i'm i mean i'm single with no kids so my benefits is like 50 to 100 bucks um it's like whatever but uh your taxes whoo whoo just the federal whoo whoo it hurts it hurts that's that's the one man you could you could almost double my benefit spending and and obviously i would care because it's more money i'm spending but like you're not going to feel it that much but if you doubled or my my tax burden oh man it would, uh, god be awful i would feel it immediately and i don't want to hear about a 70 rpm drop or increase from anybody cuz it's just not worth talking about honestly even 100 isn't worth talking about 200 for me is where we it starts to get mildly interesting and then even then if you if you drop 200 RPM on your fastball and your fastball is typically 2500 RPM, your RPM moves less than 10%. Who gives a fuck? Agreed. So, so stop it, people. Stop it. Leave me alone. Leave all of us alone. No one needs stop twitting out baseball savant's page about RPMs being down when it's down a very insignificant amount. Makes you look like a fool. Never seen a number before. Insert Mr. T full quote here. I pity them. I pity the fool. Thank you. Uh, All right. You got anything else for today? No, I do not. All right. Well, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you'd like to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow... Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. And until Monday, y'all have a good one.